0: Welcome to Hear Us the Podcast. I'm Mike.
1: And this is Orlando, and we are on episode 75. Yeah. I, 75. No more am I going to have any more number problems. We're good. Ever? I want to say that's ever. a big, that's a big thing. I have learned not to speak in absolutes.
0: Was that like your 10 times goal from uh, from last Sunday is that you were never going to mess up again on the numbers? because <laughs> that, that would be 10 <laughs> that times.
1: That was not my 10 times. That was an interesting conversation, I got to say. Yeah. Just because, uh, I think you and I agree, but we still disagree. Yeah. No, it's no good. good. That's agree. healthy.
0: And that, that's, you know, having that conversation and kind of trying to hash out like what's beneficial is, is, is best because nobody knows everything. Um, we all know a little bit and we're trying to work together to
1: know more. And I do. Okay. So somebody called me out at one time about this. I forget what they call me, like a contrarian or mm. somebody at one point said, I think Rolando knows the answers to some of these. And that's true. Yeah, no, because that that, that makes for good conversation. Like if we just gave you information, like we're as educators, like one of the things I did when I taught was I started every class with a question. I obviously knew the answer to that question, right? Obviously. Okay, sorry. Okay, I sounded really (laughs) arrogant. My apologies. Okay. For the most part, I knew the answer. But the reason, and I don't want me to get too crazy here, but that Socrates was you know, very well known as a philosopher and, and for being someone that could get truth through questions was because even though he knew the answer, he still asked those questions to guide people. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do in our discussion here is that, Hey, I may not know what the truth, I don't may not know what Grant Cardone is arriving to, but asking those questions will hopefully get us there.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's good. It's good stuff. Anyways, uh, that's not what this episode this is. This is not our our level up <laughs> review, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it and uh, got something from it. Uh, but today is the awesome update episode. Mike's favorite. Um, it's not my... I can't say it's my favorite. It's, your fav? it's one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, because then what does it mean about our theme episode? The theme episodes are not my faves. I like the theme episodes because yeah. we get to... Like I feel like an update. We're like rushing through everything. We're on the theme. We can't focus on things. That's true. But I like the stories
0: that we tell in the update episodes. We tell stories on the yeah, theme. Not as much though. I like I like being able to talk story. I just like that, interviews too. Interviews are update. I love every episode we do. There. Hey,
1: awesome. we have a legit episode coming up. Interview should we reveal or are should we revealing? We... Anyways, this individual has been requested by many. So was Brad, by the way, Brad, son of a son of a seller. That was an awesome time. So if you haven't yeah. caught that interview, you should definitely catch it. And we're going to have him back on And this next guest. He's one that I would say has some of the best Instagram stories because there's always some kind of knowledge, whether it's reselling related or just DIY related. They're there for you on Instagram. Some of you may know who I'm talking about now.
0: It's coming up, coming up next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. But let's jump into our update episode. How have things been for you, Mr. Orlando?
1: Good. I will tell you, I'm a little bit behind as far as Q4. I thought by now I had to discuss in the last episode. But we're not even into Q4. Yeah, but we're only like three weeks away.
0: That's true. Got
1: to be ready. And hot items are beginning to sell already, hmm. which is kind of crazy. But again, I I talk about this, that sometimes those hot toys or hot items they don't necessarily sell after Black Friday. They sell before that, so I'm a little bothered by that. I would say, as far as merchant fulfilled, I don't know if we've just we did discuss it in getting ready for Q4 that I'm trying to make sure I do merchant fulfilled. So there's a certain requirement of sell sales of toys that I need to have. I haven't even done that yet. Hmm. I haven't even sourced those. Now I'm what I'm gonna do. What I recommend is I'm gonna source something that's under 100 rank. And I'm just going to price it at whatever price. And even if I lose money, I'm just going to sell to meet the requirements.
0: Yeah. It's, it's almost like a lost leader or something. Are you going to be doing, are you doing this? Amazon? Yeah. I don't think so. I really Really? don't. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe you're
1: leaving money on the table, Mike.
0: I believe it, but I'm also like we talked about the last episode. I really do think I could way increase the amount of money that I'm making. If I, if I jumped on Amazon, but I've already got my hands full with, with eBay and I'm, kind of happy where i'm at and i want to scale ebay a little bit um i just i don't know if i'm ready to give up time with family give up leisure time i think eventually i'm going to get to a place like my wife will be staying home uh starting in december so her focus at that point will be taking on amazon taking on those things um and it won't cut into family time so
1: i don't know i don't know if this is the year okay this is what i'll say i I do recommend cuz remember i wasn't this hardcore about Q4 four or five years ago, I still did Q4. So you can still do, I would say it's best, number one, to make sure you're a merchant fulfilled because you never know. Come November, you might go, you know what? I really wish I did that. Right? So maybe it's best to take care of that. And the other part is you will definitely be better off for next year doing it this year. I believe that every Q4, you get better at what you're doing. I will be far better at Q4, I'm hoping, this time around than I was a year before and the year before that. Because even your first Q4, you may think you have a handle on things. And you might. I mean, I would say if you paid for a decent course or the right mentorship, you might have done everything well and you probably won't have a better Q4 as far as knowing what to do. You may have a better financial Q4, but you got the logistics down. So that's just my recommendation. So- so as far as update, there was that. And so I need to work on that. And then I went sourcing a little bit in San Francisco, but I want to hear about what you how things are going for you before I jump into that.
0: Um, yeah, things are going good. Um, my new, the new school that I'm at is great. Um, I, I'm really enjoying that. It is, I want to say it's freeing up time for reselling, uh, but so far the free time it's given me, uh, I put some of it into the podcast. I put some of it, you know, just into more time with the family. And because of, the amount of work I've already kind of front loaded into eBay, we're still making those sales. So even though I'm not going as hard into eBay as I should be, or could be, I guess I should say, um, I'm reaping benefits from work that I've already put in. And now it's like the extra time I have with my family. It's like, oh, this is amazing. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where, especially as we move towards Q4 uh, and for my wife, leaving a full-time job where she's making really good money, more money than I make, right? That, might have to switch mindset of, okay, maybe need to take a little more seriously the reselling thing, but you know, we're really enjoying the fifth wheel. We're really enjoying that. And you know, I'm encouraged by the podcast and how we're doing with this. Uh, but you know, just to be completely transparent, reselling has kind of taken, uh, not a complete backseat, but it's, it's definitely just been a slow and steady as opposed to like charging full speed into it.
1: Now the only advice I'll give you as you know, again, we started the podcast to share, you know, experiences is that I would say it would probably behoove you. I'm going to use that word behoove. It would behoove you probably to intensify your reselling over the next few months because it's like anything. You believe that, hey, when I get here, I'm going to be performing at that level. But it's a lot easier to perform at that level if you're already coasting towards that level. Right. To go from zero to a hundred is really tough. It's true. Right. It's mm-hmm. kind of like people that ask us, hey, you know, when do you think is the right time to go full time? And some people will say, anytime. I make the argument that it's going to take a long time of hustling. And eventually when you get to a place where you're used to hustling that much, it'll be a lot easier to jump full time. Yeah. So that's my encouragement to you. No,
0: that's true. And I think I think that's probably that's probably the right move. My right move probably is to say, okay, I've kind of enjoyed a season of bringing in a lot of extra money from reselling still listing still making sales still almost daily coming and packing something and taking it you know to to the post office so reselling is still a big part of my life right now I don't want to make it seem like I've walked away from reselling but you're right like if 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 instead of just overnight saying like okay now my wife's full time go uh you know the slow ramp up and kind of building that momentum uh, I do think is is very beneficial so I think that's probably going to be my my goal kind of going forward over the next several months is Every week, slowly increasing the amount I'm listing, the amount I'm sourcing, what we're doing, uh, so that when that transition happens, that it's it's smoother.
1: So, thanks, appreciate that. It's good. Okay, it's good stuff. Thanks for listening. So, all right. So, trip to San Francisco. I gotta tell you, it was it was refreshing. I did do some sourcing. Here, here's what's crazy. So, you know, you know that you have solid friends when they don't care what you do in the sense that. You don't have to go to dinner. You don't have to have like this special occasion. It was kind of interesting. So I known these guys for, since I was a kid, one of them I knew since I was in third grade, the other guy I've known since we were seniors in high school and we started hanging out and we're kind of like, Hey, what do you want to do? And I just kind of sheepishly said, can we go to Marshall's? I want to see what's at Marshall's. Cause there was those yellow tags. We went, <laughs> actually there was nothing, Spent 45 minutes, nothing. Right. They were probably like, you've got a weird job. Well, no, and, but you know what? Here's the thing. They didn't. like. They were like, all right, cool. And I'm like, are you guys okay with this? And they, they're like, whatever. As long as we're hanging out, we're talking about life. We're good. I'm like, all right. So then we went to some thrift stores. Totally good with it, which I was kind of shocked. Now, the other, so shout out to them. That was an awesome time. Appreciate you guys. The other part of it is I thought that things were going to be outrageous. Right? Because in San Diego, I don't know, maybe we're in this bubble of just obnoxious prices, bad policies, and so on. So, the first thrift store I went to literally was, you know, if I drove there three minutes from where I grew up, it was in an old Hollywood video. And those of you that follow us on Instagram, you saw some of this. I go, no joke, within the first five minutes, I find a pair of Ferragamos, Red Wing shoes, Vintage Allen Edman boots. All for $9.99. Now, some of you might go, that's outrageous. It's not. Because in San Diego, that would be at the least $20 to $25. Most likely $39.99. Yeah. Right? And I'm I'm like shocked at what I find. Then I find a Rain Spooner for, I think it was like 4 dollars or $5.99. Shocked. Again, and this wasn't like a super nice area where I grew up right now. It's kind of interesting. San Francisco, half of it, where I grew up on the mission district is gentrified. The other half is still what I would call the barrio. And and that's my neighborhood. And it's still like that. And this goodwill was in there and there are these really nice items. So my guess is, you know, part of that, you know, swarm of Google and Apple people and all, Mm -hmm. You know, they have these things that they're offloading and donating and it's making into those stores. Then I go to a case and it's filled with Ferragamo shoes and Todd's, you know, Todd's shoes. That's another giving out bolos. Bolo. Actually, we have somebody that called in a bolo sound effect. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? Mm -mm. Should we play it on this podcast?
0: Uh, Maybe.
1: I think I think it may may be worth our time. I, I think it's pretty awesome. So we should we should do it. Well, I'm I'm trusting you. We haven't discussed it at all. This is how organic this podcast is. Okay, so it better be amazing. Just oh, kidding. it it's 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 there. It's there. It's there. Excellent. So we appreciate you guys calling in, by the way. So I go there. I'm like, I'm shocked. I'm like, okay, where are the first of all? Why are the prices that's so good? And where are the other resellers? Like, why hasn't this stuff been scooped up? So I go in. I drop. I think it was like forty dollars. I'm easily gonna make. At the least, $200 net. At the most, three to 400 net. Then we go to another one. 10 minutes from where I live. Show up. I found Pataloja. You know what Pataloja is? Mm-mm. So Pataloja is Patagonia Hawaiian shirts. They're getting more scarce. Wow, we're dropping all these bolos. They sell for 50 to 60 bucks if you find them. Nice. Right? Then I find more Allen Edmonds. And and not like cheap Allen Edmonds. You know, Allen Edmonds, there's different kinds. These were on the higher end. I find ballet shoes. I find So basically I find all these items I'm going, number one, either they're constantly restocking that resellers can't get them all, or maybe there's a shortage of resellers in the area. So I scored huge. Then the next day, thank you all of you that sent me DMs like, hey, Orlando, you should stop here. Again, one of the reasons why sharing is powerful. Like I had all these people saying, you should go here, you should go here, you should go here. I didn't geotag any of them, by the way, in case you're wondering. So the next store I go to, I drive a little bit out. This store was crazy. So you know our honey hole? Uh Uh-huh. This is like our honey hole. Nice. But it was crazy because certain shoes, like there was a pair of Keen boots that were $69.99. I was like, what? What is a pair of Kohan? No, $74.99. But I scored so many good pairs of shoes and apparel at a decent price. So, it, it got me thinking that, one, we're in a unique scenario in San Diego. We really okay. are.
0: But going back to uh, our level up review, we could be victims about that. No, I agree. We could say it's not, our fault. And it
1: really is. Like We choose to no, live here. But we still find good places to source. Yep. I'm sure you'll share some of that here in a moment. Because you were supposed to go to garage sales, right? Yeah, I didn't. Okay, but you still go went thrifting. I did. Yep. Okay, right? And... The other component is, is that there is such an abundant supply. I'm telling you there was, I mean, I had to pass up on stuff cause I had two huge suitcases. One was only filled up a quarter. The other one was completely empty. And I still struggle cramming them in that one of the jackets I actually had to wear on the flight back. Okay, yeah, That's how much stuff I had. That's crazy. You're just like loading up. I mean, I can only imagine like wearing
0: like 10 outfits. This is a puff coat. So imagine going through security and you've got like five shirts on and three pairs of pants. They'd be like, what is this guy? What is his deal? But you could probably fit a lot of just wear your entire suitcase.
1: So yeah. So that whole trip paid for, I mean, that whole sourcing paid for my entire trip and more. So I loved it. It was great going back to the Bay Area. Good times, good money. I will say everything is... Win, win, Yeah. Except everything's really expensive. Really expensive. Except for thrift stores. Except for the, thrift, Well, no, there's certain things that thrift stores are expensive. But yeah, from the hotel to the food to everything, I was kind of shocked. I thought San Diego was expensive. Oh my, San Francisco, it's an expensive place to live. No joke. So, all right. So that is my update. Nice. All right. So tell me a little bit, thrift, how'd it go? Yeah, I decided not to go to garage sales, Um, which was a really hard
0: decision for me to make. I didn't get home. Uh, until very, very late Friday night. And so I had to make a decision. Um, I mean, I I typically get up early, but I had to make a decision. Okay, so I'm going to get up early enough. I'm going to spend time tonight mapping out. So you got to do that first before you go to garage sales, right? Or wake up even earlier to map out. So I'm going to lose half hour to an hour doing that. And then I'm going to have to wake up early and get to these places because I'm a little bit further away from like the city now. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, or I can sleep in a little bit and I can hit up a couple of thrift stores. And there's a few that I know that I can go to and I'm gonna find some stuff. And I probably, the ROI won't be as big, but I could still get a ton of items. I could still source a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna be able to get a little bit of extra sleep and I'm gonna be able to see my son when he wakes up and stuff like that. So it worked out. I decided to do that instead of going to garage sales. A big part of me was like really bummed about it, but it's that decision, right? Like garage sales, I would choose over thrift stores 100% of the time. Mm-hmm except there's the human element of, you know, maybe I want a little bit more sleep or I want to spend more time with my family or whatever it is. So, um, was it as good of ROI? No, but I still walked away from, you know, a few hours of being away from home and probably three to $400 net profit. So not bad. And the nice thing too, I mean, thrift stores are never a guarantee, but neither garage sales. I could have spent that time out at garage sales and missed, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel good about it, but, at the same time, that means I'm like dying for garage sales. Like I almost feel like a drug addict who's just like waiting for like the next hit, and that's what I feel like for. You for missed garage today sales.
1: too. Today was good. Don't tell me that. It's Saturday when we're recording this. By the way, you know we didn't go garage selling on Wednesday, <laughs> so I am going to share that though. That's my random story. Yeah. How good it so, was. Okay, so were you able to find lots of shoes, lots of apparel, like electronics? Yeah, I got some shoes. I got
0: some electronics. Uh, I got some 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 pants. Yeah, I did pretty good overall. It was,
1: it's not bad. Okay. Not bad. And how much, how long t- did it take you to do that? The, the
0: the thrift store that I went to is pretty far. So I drove almost an hour to get there.
1: Okay. But um, it was, what is your time?
0: But I was only in the store for an hour and then I drove for an hour back. So that meant I got to listen to podcasts for two hours, which I love doing.
1: you re-listened to all our old episodes. No, i don't just know. just joking. That would be, weird. be
0: terrible. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but you
1: should do that. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> Go back, listen to them. They're great. Um, so, Really, if you think about it, my three hours of work involved two hours of me getting to listen to podcasts, which was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, okay. and I think I listened to a little bit of an audiobook, only an hour in the thrift store, and I made that much. Not too bad, right? Like, I feel pretty good about that. So, um, not a bad day. I'm I'm happy about it. I'm happy. About okay. We're well, still good. missing the grudge sales.
1: <laughs> well, there's always next Saturday. And actually, Phase two of garage sale season in San Diego is going to be starting up here soon. That's what I'm waiting for.
0: That, that's my excuse. I didn't go today because I'm waiting for
1: Now that will also that will also mean that's the phase where you, there'll be more for you to get because I won't be out there as much because I may be doing a lot more retail arbitrage.
0: So if you're listening to this and you're in the San Diego area, Orlando's busy. Get out to the garage sales. Yeah,
1: but again, I did say that last year, I feel like I still should have gone to garage sales. True. You know, I don't know. It's such a hard, hard. Just balance. give up
0: Saturday. Just, just don't do retail arbitrage on Saturday, or do, save your retail arbitrage until later in the evening. Yeah, like, but just I, the morning. Listen, like you're not. I, mean, I do. I how much, how
1: much retail arbitrage can you do between six a.m. and ten a.m. Here, here's the hard part with retail arbitrage with me. I've noticed this about myself. I cannot pack a shipment if it's after nine o'clock. I I feel I don't know what's wrong with me. But I find that I can source all day, and if I get home around nine, I'll start. Then I'm like, eh, I'll finish this in the morning. And then that pushes back my sourcing. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now with Q4, that might might not happen anymore. And I am thinking of hiring a helper for Q4 specifically for retail arbitrage. So that might change too. So we'll see what happens. good stuff. All right, what's your crazy you random, give me your story? random story? You go first. I'm I'm basically gonna outline garage sales today because I thought there was a there's a lot to take away. And it was different in the sense that today's garage sales, I felt like I had to pull out all the stops. Like everything I knew about how to garage sale, I had to do to make it happen. And sometimes you have to do that. So the reason I say that is because the last few haven't been that great. Like I, I don't know, you know, you talked about last update episode, I saw your IG stories and It seemed rough and it's right. It was rough. So this Saturday I made a concerted effort okay, that I was going to make this happen. So we shared some of this. I I did the research and I did it by keyword and I looked and I said, okay, this place is going to have this item and this item and this place is going to have this item and I'm going to go and I'm going to get up early. And what Mike said stuck with me, which I hate. But Mike had you said hate that I had some some decent advice. Yeah, it just oh, it drives me crazy. So, <laughs> so Mike said, if you don't get up on at the time you said you were gonna wake up, that you're letting yourself down. And I'm a very big on loyalty and commitment and and being a man of my word. So I said I'm gonna get up at Success. six. <laughs> so I said I'm gonna get up at six to make sure that I'm at this garage sale early to pick up these items. So I looked and the garage sale started at seven. And so what it was, was a bunch of a uh, TV ears. And those of you that follow us on Instagram, you know about this. So I'm just giving all the behind the scenes that happened. So I was worried because of these pictures. Okay. It was a very nice setup for a garage sale, but the garage sale didn't happen yet. So was this from last year or did they purposely stage it to draw people in? It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah. Whenever I see those on Craigslist where it's like the picture, of the garage sale and everything's already set up, part of me thinks like, oh, like, this is weird. Like, right? they already had this garage sale and this yeah. stuff isn't still there. Like, is it sitting outside right now in the weather? Like, it's it's weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So I woke up and Mike was on my mind. It's a terrible thing. It's 6, weird. six should, in the morning. You shouldn't say that on the podcast. <laughs> All right. It's too late. So I get up and I do. I get everything ready. And a lot of you guys don't know, my youngest son is my co-pilot on every garage sale. He's not in the stories, but he's there. So that adds another layer, right? Waking him up, getting his breakfast. Like, you know, it's like trying to get out the house. So I go, I show up 20 minutes early. Crickets. I look at the address. I'm like, maybe I got the wrong address. I start looking it up. Nothing. I sit there. Starts at seven. I sit there until 7.05. No action. And only one other reseller drove by and he was like, whatever, I'm moving on. So I'm like, great. I finally commit to getting up on time. I show up early. Get nothing out of it. So I leave. Luckily, there's another garage sale around the corner. I go to the other garage sale. I pick up, you know, some pair of shoes and a backpack. I go back. It started. I'm like, great. What if they pick up? So I show up now. I'm talking about, I had to do every garage sale maneuver today at garage sales. I see all these TV ears. They had about 11 of them. Nine were stacked and two were on separate sides. I show up, I see this guy looking at him. I'm like, oh no. Now, if you know anything about me, like I'm still willing to try to get the merchandise. Right?
0: It's a nice way of saying you're
1: pretty aggressive. Well, yeah. but well, sometimes you need to be. True. Like, you got to be real. Well, this guy's just looking at it. He's not saying anything to the guy. I just show up. I'm like, I look at him. I go, you know, I want to buy all of these right now. How much? Like, I didn't even like, I didn't stop. I didn't, I just, boom. And then the other guy goes, oh yeah, I was thinking about those too. In my mind, I'm like, sorry, man. You should have said your piece. Yeah. I think that's a good actually piece of
0: advice. Cause there's been a few times where I'm looking at something and I, I feel like w- you can kind of commit with a customer or not a customer. You can commit with the, the, the owner of the home. Yeah. yeah. The seller. And then somebody else could come in and you're already in the negotiation process and you can kind of cut them out. So even if you're not sure and you're still doing research, you could at least say how much do you want for these, right? Even just saying that. And when they give you a price, then if somebody else were to come in and start, you could be like, Oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm taking these. Even if you later decide that you don't want them, like you've already started that process. So the mm-hmm. fact that he didn't do that, like,
1: no, yeah. I kind of established my territory and I know maybe I'll uh, hear in the comments like Orlando, that was a jerk move. This was, I didn't do anything wrong. I just came up and just said, did he have one in his hand? I know that.
0: Okay. No, he actually. Cause I think if he's holding one in his hand and then you say you want to buy it, that, that would be where I would say, okay, that's going
1: no, too far. They're on the ground. Now here's what's interesting. So he goes, Oh, I got to call my buddy up. Now here's what happened. I guess the guy, you know, partied late. I guess, well, that's what the other people were saying, like, oh, somebody was out late. I'm like, that's so mean. Like, why would, do you realize you've lost your negotiation power by mocking the person doing the garage sale? Like, that's a bad move. Like, don't do that. I didn't do that. I just, you know, I was cordial with the guy. So he said it's his buddy. So he calls his buddy. And each of these right now, I think the price is high because there's only one listing, but they're going for like $99 a piece. Okay. And there's nine of them. There's 11 actually, but nine of them are sex. So he calls his buddy, and his buddy goes, I'll do 75 for all of them. And I'm like, All right, can you do 60? And then I noticed that the other guy's paying attention to what's happening. And then I go,
0: You know what? I'll do 75. Yeah, because at that point, because you've told a story and you've actually got a little bit of flack for that. Where somebody was making an offer, and you came in and you you offered the higher price, right? Let's <laughs> so, not bring back the other story. Sorry, so that I mean, you're preventing. You had to prevent that from happening because that I could did. have happened to you. Now that that reminds me, I mean, just the fact that that you were able to do that now, whether or not people think that was too far, the fact that you're able to get in there and actually negotiate when somebody, because because I I know myself, I can be a little timid when like it comes to asking. I'm getting a lot better. Like I'll, I'll ask, I'll do things, but I'm not as assertive. But, um, interesting quote, Oh, quote of the week. Wow, just dropping <laughs> it in there. Uh, the best way to dominate is to do what others refuse to do, which is a quote that actually comes from the 10x rule from Grant Cardone. We haven't got to that part of the book yet, but <laughs> so I figured I'd that throw that in there. Uh, but it's true, like, in order to be that successful, you got to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. And, and you know, you did that for better or worse.
1: All right. So that's what I did. <laughs> but but I, I'm serious. Like you have to be aggressive at times. Like remember, this is a business. And I'm not saying being aggressive, be a jerk, or be rude. I'm saying just be assertive. Right? And in the end, it worked out. Now here's what's interesting. So there's two others there. The, you know, I got the nine and there are the two others and I was like, hey, can we throw those in too? I'll buy those too. And he's like, oh no, that's for me, right? I leave. I come back to get my other stash. There's other people with those two in their hands. And then one of them goes, how much? He goes, ah, I think he said something effect like effect of, I'm. how about 30? I'm like, wait, I know what just happened. The guy realized he made a bad deal. So my other tactic was, Get in my car and leave, asap. That's what I did. But think about that. Like, so you got to move quick too, right? You you can't play like once you make that deal,
0: unless there's Are something worried, else. Like that, they would come back and like say, "Oh, never mind."
1: Not that they'll say never mind, but you know, I still I had only had half of the lot with me. The other half was still in the garage. You could have. I mean, it would have been a terrible move on their part to go like you know what? I don't know. I got to charge you more. Like, I don't know. I mean, have you been in that scenario before? No, I've never been like, I don't know how I would react. But if there that was that one
0: time and I told the story, there's one time where I was at a, uh, there were these two guys at this house and they were moving. And the one guy gave me a GPS for free. And the other one, as I'm like walking away and I'm still looking at other things, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's anything else here I want. And he's like, you're just giving that away. And he's like, yeah, man, we're not using it. And I'm like, I'm out of here before before they decide, like, yeah. you know what? Actually, we want because they gave it to me. It's like, it's yours. You can have it. I'm not going to let them decide that that's was a bad choice later. And if they decide that it's going to be when I'm gone. Agree. And it's listed on eBay.
1: So that's part one of garage sales. So part two is. Oh, you're being selfish. No, because I, I think these are valuable things. And maybe you don't. I don't know. No, they're valuable. I just this is like garage sale one one like everything I had to do to make things happen. Now we we'll pu- hopefully you didn't miss that the night before I already had planned out the routes. I already knew what I was going to get. I had mentioned that. Buckles What am man, you know, I love buckles and there's a lot of money in buckles. So I show up at this estate sale, you know, you do the, Hey, how's it going? Right. You try to break the ice and automatic. this guy. I go, how much for the buckles? And he tells me seven a piece. Like, ooh, like I'm not gonna pay more than five bucks for a buckle, mm-hmm. just because usually when I buy them, I'm buying bunches, and I don't know, like some of them may be valuable, some may not be, right? But with five dollars, chances are you're gonna be at least sell it for ten or twenty. So I ask him how much, and again, you get thrown with, well, what do you want to pay for these, right? And our response always is awkwardness. So I said. I don't know. What are you thinking? A minute and a half. Did you time it? Did you start your, no, it's on my, so when I did the Instagram story, the whole video of the whole negotiation was three minutes, right? So for an hour and a half, I I didn't put it in the Instagram story. I should have, but I would, you know, people have been like, what is going on? Just silence. Just silence. But it literally was, and he kept recounting it. Right. So there was 11 of them and he goes, and I asked him, I said, how much can we do if we bundle it at all? Right. If I just take these all and make a deal, he goes, I can do 80. Think about that, Mike, seven a piece, but I offered to bundle them for a lower price. And he said, 80, he went up and then I go, then it got really awkward. Then I go 80. That's not the number you gave me before. He's like, oh, oh, so then he recounts them again. Then he goes, "I could do 77." <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't make this this isn't the Instagram story. It was I'm telling you, this is what happened. So then
0: I'm still in I this mean, That's just a guy who's holding his ground, man. He should have just been like, seven dollars. Wait,
1: wait what wait, wait, I wait, all wait, together. Let me rewind 77. It, let me rewind a little bit. I forgot to mention that the initial one was a hundred dollars. Okay, hundred dollars. And I said, "Why a hundred? He goes, "Oh, this one's worth more." So I said, okay, remove that one. So he removed that one. That's how he landed with 80. And then we got to 77. So then I go, listen, I'll be real with you. I can't pay more than $5 per buckle. He goes, yeah, lowest I can go is seven. Wait, what? I'm bundling here, man. Like, what do you mean? I didn't say that. I thought that internally in my mind. So then this is the next negotiation tip. You walk away. You don't 100% walk away and leave it, but you act like, eh. So I go, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I, I guess we just can't make a deal. And I walked away. So then I go to Snapback Hats. I'm going to trade Snapback Hats. $5 a piece. I don't buy Snapback Hats for more than 3 bucks, Unless it's something I know I'm going to make money for. I'm like, yeah, I guess we can't make the deal. So then he leaves and he goes talks to his friend. He goes, so what are you willing to pay for the buckles? I go, 55. He goes, okay, we'll do the 55. So I scored all those buckles. Now, then I asked him about the really expensive one. Still $30. Now, that one is worth probably $30 to $50. So anyways, I had to pull all the stops. The awkward pause, the walking away standing your ground, removing one from the bundle to lower the price. That's a big one, especially if you can remove those most expensive piece, mm-hmm. that'll work. So it worked out.
0: No, that's good. And I think it's, we've talked about it before, but there is a the psychology element to it where the person might want a certain amount for it, but once they know you're willing to pay, like you said, I would buy them all. I buy them all at $5 a piece. And then you walk away, it's not just that they didn't get you know, the amount they wanted, but now they've lost $55, mm-hmm. right? Because they could have that and they've turned it down. So that now hurts a little bit. When they're doing the negotiation, it, they're not feeling it. But the moment it's like, wait, he walks away. I don't have that mm-hmm. money. I can have that money. Like Then it becomes a loss. Even though they haven't lost anything, they're in the same spot they were before you walked up to them. It now feels like they just lost
1: $55. Agreed. So what happens after that they're they're like, Hey, I have a whole bunch of hats. And then he offered me the, the unfortunate thing is all the hats that he offered me weren't worth anything, Mm -hmm. but he was willing to go $3 on each hat. And I probably would have been able to get more anyways, garage sales. You can still make deals have that, that, that day. I mean, this morning or, you know, whenever you're listening to this, I'm probably going to make 800, not just on the, just, not just on the speakers and the buckles, but I picked up some Georgia boots for two bucks. I picked up some other items probably going to make, I put conservatively on, on Instagram. I don't know if I put on Instagram, maybe I put on TikTok. (laughs) I'm going to make 800 net probably gonna make over a thousand dollars. You're good at this, man. I'm not that good. No, it's not that I'm good. It's what Grant Cardone said in the 10 X rule is that luck doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen, right? You have to be consistent. And again, if you're consistently out of garage shows and you're consistently being assertive about those deals, you'll land upon them. No,
0: it's true. I, I, I've i experienced that myself. Um, you have, I've had, I've had big deals. I've had big sales. Um, and I know a big part of it for me is we were really big on research and I don't do as much upfront research as I probably could do. The more I do. And, and part of it is just experience, right? Like the number of years you've done it helps. And same thing with me. Like I am so much faster and better today than I was when I first started, you know? So, I agree. I would never attribute your success to luck for sure. Uh, but man, like there's a part of
1: me that finds that insulting. I'm not, I'm not insulted by you, but I, I think if you, I'm very careful of not letting anybody know like, Oh, you're so lucky. It's like, yeah. no, you don't know how hard that person yep. worked to get to that yep. place. Yep. So no, absolutely. We're good. I, d- I just said, I don't <laughs> contribute it to luck. What are you talking about? Just I just you. said <laughs> it's getting late. Mike's getting uh-huh. a little worked up here. All right. All right. What's your story?
0: So um mine actually has to do with my bolo, which so I won't give the exact item until we get to bolo. But so I'm at this thrift store and I find this really cool um like synthesizer, right? And I know a little bit about synthesizers because I love synthesizers. I used to play um like just for fun. It was never super serious, but like in a band and I played on I had a Roland SH two oh one, which is the synthesizer I used. Ton of fun. I'm just laughing because this is all new to me. (laughs) It's not something I tell people, like I was in a band. Because um, I had no talent at all. But the guys in the van, the other guys, they were really, really good. I was I was a nobody though. They just let me hang around because like, I don't know. I guess they liked me. But um, so I had a Roland SH 201. I love that thing. And I actually sold it to a guitar center to make some money to buy some board game stuff that I wanted. So I just traded one. Hobby the real mic came yeah. through. Um, so, anyways, I find this synthesizer and I'll, I'll tell you the exact what it was uh, when we get to Polo. But it said on the synthesizer, Ask for power cords. So I'm like, okay, good. They've obviously got the power cord for this thing. So I ask them. And they're like, oh, you got to take it to the back. We'll test it in the back. I'm like, okay. So I go back there, and you could tell they kind of really didn't know what was what. And they plug it in, and the guy gets it turned on, and he starts pushing buttons. And there's like a girl employee with him too. So they're both standing there, and they're like, this is amazing. And they're like messing with it. And they're like, come <laughs> here. Do you want to? Do you want to test awesome. this? And so I come over and I push a couple buttons and I check to make sure the knobs are going. I'm like, okay, this is good. He's like, all right, and he's like hitting stuff, like jamming on it. Yeah, like I mean, obviously not playing anything great, but he's like, this is so cool. I'm like, all right, yeah. And he's like, do you want it? And I was like, yeah. So I walk out of the back and like I'm looking at stuff on the wall and I'm looking at other things, like still sourcing. And for like probably another couple of minutes, I just hear them back there like playing on the synthesizer. Hilarious. So part of me is like, okay, like please don't break it. This is money. (laughs) Don't break my item. But the other part of me is like, this is kind of funny because they're back there instead yes. of working, they're playing with my synthesizer, right? And it cool. was it was pretty funny. So I, it, it, I knew it worked, right? I'm listening to it work. I'm like, all right, it works. And it's bringing somebody joy. So it was it was kind of a funny situation. Again, I, part of me though, because I'm going to make quite a bit of money off it, was like, please don't break it. Please don't break it. Please don't break it. But I can't go in there and say, hey, stop touching it. You know, like, because then it will be broken.
1: And it, I mean, how do you react? Like if they break it, what can you really do?
0: I couldn't, I mean, I wasn't back there anymore. Like I wouldn't even be able to prove they broke it. So
1: I mean, that that's what, that's what's the heart. And I've, I've been a store like that where they test things out and they're like, Oh, come pick it up at the end with your ticket. I'm like, Ooh, like really, can I just keep in my cart? Like you just never know. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's kind of one of those things we've talked about where it's the worst when, like I've told you, like I won't give you, anything that I find, because if you break it, I'm not, I don't know how to react to that. Right. I've shared that before. It's the same thing. Like you can get angry at them, but it's not going to benefit anybody. Yeah. So, okay. That's pretty funny though. Should have recorded. That should have been like an Instagram story. Mike, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. That, that would have been good. But you know, uh, man, when I'm sourcing,
0: I'm, I'm in the zone. You're in the, you're in the zone. So am I, so am I. You're just, you're just better at uh, multitasking.
1: I guess so. I, you know, I will say it's funny because people tell me that they run into us at Garage Uh or whatever, and some of them say they saw us, but they didn't say hi. And I feel really bad. I'm like, I hope we weren't like jerks or we gave off this vibe. Like, don't mess with us. But uh, I say that you're always welcome to stop. You're always welcome to say hi. There will always be profits there. Now, if you come to say hi to distract us as Somebody you're with is picking up stuff and you're taking stuff out of our cart. Then, 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 you know, that'll be interesting, but I know none of our listeners are ever going to do anything like that because they're awesome listeners. That's right. So, all right, it's time for current topics. You ready? Unless you have another story to share. No, that's it. All right. So this is going to be a little bit here. The fall eBay seller update has been released. Oh man, this sounds like it should be its own episode. No, it's not. it's. So we've already talked about a lot of this. So a lot of what we're going to share, I guess we got the inside scoop at eBay Open. Mm. So I'm not. I don't want to repeat a lot of things. So they talked about Moa. Well, uh, they talked a lot about different things in managed payments and all those things. But there's some things I wanted to highlight. So we're all aware. So you have no idea what to share here. Okay, Nada, I like to what do hear, you got for me? I like to hear your thoughts. So they talked about managed payments and. We talked about how they're rolling in more sellers. Yeah, I got,
0: a, I got another call.
1: You did? I got another Did call. you
0: answer this time? I answered this time. And I basically said like, thanks. This all sounds great. I'll do it once you do the
1: global shipping program. And how they respond? Okay, thanks. And then they have. Okay. Now, the other thing we didn't talk about in the other podcast that you should be aware of is up until now, you have to fund your own shipping. Like it doesn't come out of the, out of the payment from the buyer. You get what I'm saying? So you have to have money in PayPal, which isn't a problem if you know, you sell a lot, but if you're new, it can get kind of tricky. Let's say you only have like three sales and you have maybe 20 bucks, but the ship is going to cost you 30. It's a little sketchy. So be careful. I mean, you, I love, don't, don't get us wrong. You know, eBay is our bay, but if they try to convince you, be aware of two things, no global shipping for now, no eBay's global shipping program. and number two. You're going to have to figure out ways to fund your PayPal account to pay for the shipping, which is kind of crazy. But in time, that's all going to get fixed. That's what they talked about. That's the other part that not only, you know, that's eventually going to get fixed. So you can, you know, right out of the buyer payout, you can pay for shipping. And number two, when it comes to managed payments is that you'll be able to refund right through Seller Hub. That's so nice. Right? Right.
0: That would be so nice.
1: It's kind of weird. Like that you, like it's the unknown thing that you have to figure out that you have to go to PayPal. you yeah, have to
0: go to PayPal. Yep.
1: I, I still, and even then I go, this is kind of tricky. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I just wonder at what point did somebody at eBay go, this is kind of weird. Well, I mean, it makes sense
0: given that we heard one of the VPs at eBay open tell us from the very beginning they were just acting as a broker connecting people they were never involved in the payments it was like this person bought it you're selling it you guys figure it out and so you sent a check or a money order yep. or a cash right and so their whole thing was the whole payment stuff you guys figure that out refunds all that stuff but now that you know the market has changed and the demand for what a what a platform should be doing is changing um they have to figure this out and so yeah it, it kind of makes sense that even with PayPal, you had to do it on your own and and eBay wasn't handling that. But now that they will, it's nice. It's it's one oh, last step.
1: I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. I think once global shipping gets in there, it's just going to make everything. And again, remember, one of the things that didn't get mentioned in the update, but what we were told that eBay open was once everybody transitioned and everything's in play, like getting a best offer and accepting an offer sometimes leads to an unpaid item. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen anymore it will automatically be paid.
0: Yeah. That'll be so nice. That'll be beautiful. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode.
1: All right. Counter offers. So again, I'm just highlighting certain things. You know, I'm not a fan of reading out everything. There's things about, you know, if you sell cars and, and other things that are on the solar update, I just want to talk about certain things we felt were important. So, now you'll be able to send offers to items that are in people's carts, which it's, it's great. I I didn't know that you weren't doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: No, but that's cool though, because somebody might not be watching something, but put it in their cart.
1: Yeah. So it's not just going to be watchers. Now it's yeah. going to be people in carts. The other part is they now can, we'll be able to counter offer the offer you sent them. Which oh, I,
0: that'll be huge. I thought that already happened. No, I remember we had that conversation where I told you that we'd get, I would send out an offer and then the message that I would get back, I would get a message from them saying, thank you so much for sending the $45 offer on the Kohan shoes. Uh, would you be willing to do 39? Right. And it's like, well, that's weird. Why don't they just send me an offer? And so I send them the $39 offer on it and then they accept it. But then I realized, Oh, it's because they can't respond back with an offer.
1: Now what I'm really hoping and we'll we'll take credit for this one is that what we suggested to the VP of eBay was that there should be a drop down menu that if people want free shipping, you can change it to free shipping in in your counter offer. Do you get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And and, and really, that's just semantics. Like you're just arguing over like because no matter what, it's it's the bottom price, right? Like, yeah. But they, could, they talked about
1: sorry. Am I talking over you? I'm not trying to cut you off. Just want to be careful. OK. OK. So, <laughs> Mike and I had a discussion about this earlier. So. What what they said is that they did all these surveys and they, they actually tracked what is the major thing. Well, it's not surveys. They did some data mining, I guess. And they what they tracked was that majority of counter offers that are sent to sellers are for our buyers asking for free shipping. And so we recommended hey, if that's the case, what just allow us, even though it yeah, it's semantics, psychologically, they agreed with us that in their studies, wherever it shows that if the buyer thinks that they're getting free shipping, they're more likely to make it to purchase the item.
0: It's silly, but <laughs> it's so this I mean, it does, it does help. It does help, uh, the ease. I mean, it it's not as big of a deal. I guess if it's, um, calculated shipping, it's different than if it's like a, a fixed price because fixed price shipping You know, when you have fixed price shipping, it's easy enough just to say like, oh, okay, I'm charging $7 shipping, so I'll just take $7 off of the principal cost, right, of the item. But where that could really get tricky is when you're talking about, you know, calculated shipping. Mm -hmm. The scary thing, I think, with that is you might not necessarily know what their shipping cost is, right? Because if they're... There's some items that you send if you're not sending, like for instance, if you're sending through UPS because it's a big item or FedEx, if they live out in the boondocks and they're not in in an area where it's easy to access, Mm -hmm. there's extra surcharges and stuff attached to it. So if you just click a button that says free shipping and all of a sudden you realize like, hey, it's an extra $15 to ship out to this area, it's a big deal, right? Instead of just saying like, well, I can lower the cost of the item a little bit. And then they still cover that weird surcharge. And
1: I've done it before where I've offered free shipping and then I ended up losing money. So you got to really be careful. All right, next one. Promoted listings are only going to show up once in a search. You know what that's about? Have you ever seen a promoted? Do you do promoted listings? I do. Okay. So what happens sometimes on the same page, it'll have your listing and then your promoted listing. Oh, right. Now it's only going to have one, which I'm not sure how that's a win for us. It might not
0: be a win for us in the short term, but even as a customer, like I could see how it gets confusing when you see something at the top and you're like, oh, okay, maybe not that item. And you scroll down and you see it again. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I don't know. I,
1: I, I'm happy that it gets double exposure now. Let me read what eBay says. As a says. seller. Let me read what eBay says and maybe it'll make more sense. They said, in our ongoing effort to optimize the vis- visibility of promoted listing placements, we're shifting to a mix of promoted and non-promoted listings at the top of search results. Now a mixture of promoted and non-promoted listings will be eligible to appear in the top search rankings. This is designed to balance visibility for both promoted and organic, non-promoted listings, depending on the relevance to a buyer's search and quality of a seller's listing.
0: But that didn't. But that doesn't say. What you just said about there only being on the page once—that that seems to be addressing no, no. something different.
1: No, it's saying that there's no. It, well, here the 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 line before it says. Removal of duplicated, promoted, and non-promoted listings in search.
0: Okay, so that's good. But that sounds like a separate issue of them using that promoted listing spots for items that aren't promoted. That sounds like a totally different situation. True,
1: but what what I'm seeing is that maybe it's going to allow for more people's promoted listings to show up. where you would have that one, you'd have those two, right? So you're taking the space, right? So now you're removing one, so that allows other people's promoted listings to show up. I don't know.
0: I don't know if I understood it that way. I kind of understood it as as instead of just having, when somebody search, they might not show a promoted listing. They might just do like organic searches. Or like the next time, depending on if it's closer, there might be two promoted listings or just one instead of two, right? So it kind of seems like they're trying to almost reduce the impact of promoted listings and give a little bit more... Power leeway to non promoted.
1: Oh, I don't see that. That's what it said. I mean, if you read it. No, I I know. I just don't see that because promoted listings was one of their major money makers and their shareholders were very happy about it.
0: But here's the thing what was the other type of listing
1: promotion that they're talking about? Oh, don't tell me.
0: Right. So this would.
1: Wait, wait I, I but, but okay. A but in case that. our listeners have no idea what we're talking about, we're talking about pay per click, pay per view. Yeah. Same thing. Th- I don't thing. even know
0: if it's click. I think it's every time it shows. No, it's pay-per-click. It click? They say click. Oh, okay. Pay-per-view
1: would be worse.
0: Okay, yeah. So pay for, so pay for click. So what I, what I think they're doing is, I don't know what the number is, but just to give an example. I think I think you're onto something. So instead, really of, having, instead of having three promoted listings at the top, they're going to say, hey, look, in order to kind of make things a little even, we're only going to do two promoted listings at the top and put some organic ones. Because then once people get used to two promoted listings at the top, it's easy to say two promoted listings and a pay-per-click. Listening, right, like it just changes the dynamics,
1: but in eBay. The short term, please do not go down that road. If if anybody from eBay is listening, and we have any kind of clout, which we don't, I I'm not sure sellers would be. Well, I don't know the sellers that are willing to do the paper click. I I am not a fan of paper click.
0: No, I think I think what it's gonna do is eventually, if it works, it's gonna. If you're one of the only, if you're one of the 10% that's doing it, you're going to reap tons of benefits.
1: Agreed. And so then, then
0: everybody's going to say, Hey, I have to do that to be competitive. And now the overall cost of listing on eBay goes up. That's all that's going to happen.
1: And the only way to combat that is to source items that aren't as saturated.
0: Yeah. I mean, like it, Craigslist it, it,
1: Hunter said like he never does promoted listings and he gets consistent sales. Why? Cause he has items that people want that are unique.
0: Well, and it kind of sounds like they they already are putting items in promoted listing spots that might not be that relevant to customers. Wow,
1: you know, Mike, I appreciate you being on this podcast. Thank you. I did not even think of that. I really believe, and let us know in the comments below. Do you think Mike is onto something? Because I, I really do think he's onto something. Of course, I am. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. All right, hey, uh, so, hey, before we move on, though, real quick, this gives us an opportunity. If you have not subscribed to us on YouTube and you're listening to the podcast, it'd be great. Sometimes we drop videos. It's been a little bit, but, you know, we may over time drop some more videos. Right now, we're just trying to focus on these two episodes a week. So subscribe and hit that bell button. You can also find us as Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can find us as Pure Soul Cast on Twitter. Taking me a little work because I'm trying to change up how we say that. <laughs> so also, you can give us a call six one nine seven three eight eleven seventy. That's six one nine seven three eight eleven seventy, and we actually have a phone call to share today, which is going to be our soundboard for bolos. Sweet, that's going to be a new one. And uh, you can also shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That'd be great. Thank you guys all for the reviews. As, as we always say, it's one of the best ways to help us by putting us higher in the search for podcasts. And last of all, if you want to say thank you in a monetary way, which we're always grateful, which consistently has been happening, which we are just humbled about that. There's a PayPal link below. We really, really appreciate it. So thanks so much. Thank you. Did I cover everything? I think so. That was a lot faster. That's good. Okay, good. All right. Next step our next item here in the seller update. So they reiterated new item specifics that there's actually going to be a bunch of items that are going to be pushed into maybe different categories and you may have to, you know, change some item specifics and certain items. I got to tell you, eBay has pushed us so much. They've actually said that certain items, if they don't have the item specific, even though the listing may have that word, they may not show up in the search.
0: Or, maybe not to the extreme, the other kind of way of thinking about it is you can be in the top spot with a simpler, easier title that isn't like keyword spammed, that might not even mention the word. Like they they showed us examples, like somebody might be looking for a certain type of dress or a certain type of shoe and the words that they type in might not even show up in your title at all and you still might be the number one or number mm-hmm. two spot because you were specific. And people three, four, five below you had the exact phrase that they used in their search in their title and yours was still at the top. So item specifics, it's a big deal. It can be a little time consuming to be honest. There's a lot of times where, you know, I try and copy somebody else's listing that has already sold of a similar item and just hope that they've filled in all of it. And when it's like, Oh, all the item specifics are in, I just need to change like maybe one measurement here or there. But when you got to start from scratch, man, sometimes it's rough.
1: I just—it's one of those things where I'm—I'm I'm a little concerned because earlier on I didn't care about item specifics, and and you know when you have a large inventory, that might mean having to go back. To go back, items. yeah. So that's that's my only concern about that. Yep. So
0: pay your pay your
1: assistant. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that's another thing I want to talk about when we get to reseller topics here. All right. Hey, and next top rated seller, seller protection. We talked about this, but again, they're really ramping up seller protection and the way they're doing that is if you offer 30 day returns, not free returns, 30 day returns and you're a top rated seller, there'll be greater protections for you. And you can deduct a return up to 50%. If it does not arrive back to you in the condition, like it's say it's new and they remove a tag or something, you can uh, refund them up to 50% if you want. And also, if there's like a false INAD item, not as described claim, you can claim that and they'll refund your shipping up to $6. Yeah, no, that's good. One thing I was a little
0: uh, kind of shocked up because when we were talking to the 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 execs over at, at eBay with this, we were with some other um, people who who are on social media, and I was really excited that they talked about all those seller protections. But one thing that kind of got under my skin a little bit, and maybe maybe I'm just thinking about it wrong, but was if an item returns and it was a false inad, um, then. You know, we'll try and cover, and it could be sent up the chain. But they said basically, not that there was a limit, but kind of like that should only be thirty percent of the INAds or certain amount of the INAds that you receive should be going through this process. Because they were like, if you're doing this with every INAd, then almost we don't know if we could trust you. Because some, of, and part of me is like, but if you're a good seller, you're not going to have many items that are not as described. Correct. It's going to happen occasionally, but. I would assume that majority of them that are coming back from customers, if you're doing your job correctly as a reseller is because the customer is trying to get free shipping or get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So the idea that it's like, well, if you do it for every single INAD that comes through, we're going to basically put it on hold to like, wait, what's going on here? But at the same time, that kind of says like you trust the buyer over the seller because if you're a good seller, maybe a once in a while, like I still have ones here and there where it's like, Oh, I totally missized that. Or I, I, I missed something but that
1: should be like very, very rare, right? No, you're right. You're right. I, I will say something that may upset some people, but I just have gratitude for eBay. And uh, yeah, I do too. No, no, no. The reason, the reason I say that is like, I see your point. I really see your point. But here's the thing. When you do Amazon, like Amazon does none of this. Amazon does not care. Right. I mean, the only other platform I know that really reaches out to sellers and tries to do things for sellers is Poshmark. But not even at the scale that eBay does, right? Because we've gone to like Posh Fest. Well, we went to one, right? Mm-hmm. Posh party live or something like that. And it wasn't like a it was like a get together, like, hey, let's meet other poshers, but it wasn't like eBay rolling out the red carpet, letting you know how special you are, how much they care of you, take care of you. I mean, the reality is eBay doesn't have to do any of this eBay doesn't have to offer seller protection. But
0: here's the difference. I think they do. Okay. And here's why I think, I think it's great well, that they do. To
1: a certain point, but they don't have to like make an announcement. They don't have to have a Q&A. VPs don't have to join with, uh, like talk to people. Like uh, when, when has Amazon thing. done any of this? Okay.
0: So here's the difference. Okay. eBay's platform is different than Amazon's. Even Agreed. though Amazon is primarily, or a lot of their sales are coming from third party people. That's not their market. They are not, trying to broker, even though it's 58 percent of their sales, they're not trying to broker a third party person with a customer. They are, they are the store, right? And, and they're benefiting right now that third party people are sending stuff in, but they don't need third parties in the same way that eBay does. eBay doesn't sell a single, there isn't a eBay store selling stuff, right? It's all third party. They absolutely 100% have to take care of their sellers. Amazon doesn't because Amazon sells their own stuff. They're their own store. So
1: here's, here's, okay, go ahead. It's a difference, right? Like you have to admit that's a difference. I kind of feel this way. I'm going to use this analogy. And I'm going to go to Star Wars here. Mike's like, where are you going with this? I feel that Amazon is the empire. And that eBay is the republic. And that the empire does whatever it wants and does not care and uses planets to its own benefits as much as it uses sellers to its own benefit. And it drops a hammer whenever it wants. Right. And and again, I'm good with that. Like you think about Amazon, you think about what Amazon did with FedEx, and that's the other reseller topic here is that Amazon used FedEx, not for its services, but there's a news story that came out in the Wall Street Journal that Amazon basically used FedEx to learn what, how FedEx does things. And now Amazon's going to do what FedEx does and cut. And they have, they have cut FedEx out, and I believe they may eventually just cut UPS out.
0: Yeah, and and that makes sense. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is, they're two different types of platforms. So yeah. it makes, so as a seller, yeah, you get the benefit of eBay wanting to take care of, cause they need the sellers, 100% need the sellers. Without, without sellers on eBay, there's no eBay.
1: I think Amazon needs the sellers. They, the 58% is third party, Mike. How could they not need the sellers? Do you know what I'm saying? But not in the
0: same way they could and are moving towards the sellers. I think in, in a lot of ways you talk about it all the time. They could drop the hammer anytime it's their sandbox we're playing and they could change the rules. They're moving in the same way they did with FedEx. And we even say like, how long is the Amazon train going to last? Mm-hmm. Are they going to keep going this way? Or are they eventually going to be a hundred percent? They're stocking. They've got the contracts they're doing. And maybe third parties is such a small portion of what they're doing. So It's just two different platforms. They, Amazon is going to take care of their biggest third party people for sure. But the average person selling little things here and there is not important because that's not, that's not what their platform is. A customer, it's just, they're just two different types of platforms. It makes sense that that eBay is going to help the seller, whereas Amazon is going to be more focused on customer.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Or, you know taking people's private labels and making it their own or, you know what I mean? Like all these things that they do. And I really, I'm hoping that eBay with this managed delivery systems, like the eBay fulfillment program or, you know, whatever it's called, it's called managed delivery that it'll be different than Amazon. Right. And, and again, I'm done with my rant after this, but how many times have I sent in stuff to Amazon and it's like, No, you're gated now. Or this is stranded. Or we removed this listing. I mean, I get DMs all the time. They're like, Hey, Orlando, I sent this stuff in, but my stuff is stranded. Why? And I go, well, either Amazon just said, we're not doing this listing anymore. Amazon decided to get you. Maybe you need some kind of training that you don't know about. Right? Who knows? At least eBay. And again, we're not sponsored by eBay. (laughs) Okay. eBay takes the time to communicate with us and say, these are the changes. I may not be a fan of the pay-per-click, but at least I know it's happening. Yeah.
0: And I, I think with the difference between the two is you, you are still willing to do Amazon and you will even push me and say like, Hey, you should try Agreed. Amazon. This. Yeah. Because you know, even with all of that stuff, it's their sandbox with their rules is a, treasure of opportunities. Correct. It's huge because it's, it. they are for the, now for now. They, so now if eBay were to pull the things that Amazon is doing, you wouldn't be on eBay.
1: Possible. I mean, if the profit's good enough, why not? So,
0: but that's what I'm saying. Amazon, you're willing to take huge losses and you're willing to ha- put up with, Hey, they changed the rules on me, but I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Whereas if eBay was changing the rules constantly and changing things, and if, you sent things in or you did stuff and they all of a sudden, like you lost the listing and they double charged you and they wouldn't, or whatever it is, you'd be like, I'm not using this platform. It's not worth it. So that's the difference. That's why eBay does what they do for customers because
1: it's just different. I think it's a, I think it's a valid point. I can't disagree with what you're saying. I just, it's the empire and the Republic, the Republic <laughs> is trying to beat oh no,
0: Cause you're, that's that, that, that is putting out there though, that like eBay is good and Amazon is bad. That I don't
1: think Amazon is bad. I'm not saying they're bad. Sure you are. I'm just saying they're an empire. I mean, it depends on what side of the force you land on. But here's the sad thing. This <laughs> is getting who, obnoxious. Who, who does eBay wanna be like? I'm not going there. I I think there may be certain forces in there that are trying to, I mean, here's the thing. if There's a good thing. You're gonna wanna to copy that good thing. You know, in any part of life, you know, if somebody's figured out a way to do their finances well, like you're gonna want to, you know, copy that. If somebody's figured out how to, you know, do some kind of remodeling project, you're gonna want to copy that. I can't knock eBay for looking at what Amazon is doing and going, huh? Maybe we should do something like that or send offers. Hey, Poshmark's been doing it. Maybe we should start doing that. I can't knock. That. I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad too. I'm glad for that. So. That was an interesting conversation. Okay, the last part, <laughs> eBay seller update. Uh, so now if you're, if there's like a policy viol- violation, they won't end your listings. Uh, they, they won't suspend your account. They'll just hide it until you fix it. We kind of experienced that with our T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Remember, we got suspended and our listings got taken down. Yep. So that would have been nice a few weeks ago, even though we only had one listing. Imagine if you had a thousand listings. Sorry, those of you that have gone through that. It's, it's kind of nice that you won't have to deal with that again. Yeah. So, all right. So I shared a little bit about our next, anyways, that's the eBay seller update. We didn't cover everything. There's stuff about Terapeak. There's other stuff about inventory optimization. All you have to do is Google eBay fall seller update 2019, and it'll take you to a link. You can read all about it. Now, other reseller topics, uh, I had discussed about Amazon's empire building. So it's kind of crazy. Like Amazon, like, I don't think a day passes where I'm taking my, my kids to school or going somewhere that I do not see an Amazon van or an Amazon truck. Kind of interesting. Right, do you do you experience the same?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think going back to my point, that's the reason, that's the reason they can be non, non seller focused because the reality is they don't need you in the same way. And we, in some ways are just as sad as it is. Cause if you want to call them an empire, which it is, we almost get to like grovel before them and say, thank you for letting us kind of benefit from you. Right? Like that's really what's happening. And not that that's a bad thing because think of how many people Amazon is helping, not just sellers, but customers, right? Like I get things so much cheaper and I don't have to drive as often. And I just think about like,
1: th- and it's fast, like one day,
0: yeah. sometimes hours. It's it's crazy how fast things come. <clears throat> and even just Amazon I think people are going to look back years from now, twenty years from now, fifty years from now, and see like the the different revolutions that we've had—the agricultural revolution, industrial revolution. I think Amazon is leading a revolution in the sense of the way people buy stuff. Like now, I won't buy anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, I'm going to buy like some cleaning spray. I'm going to buy. I'm going to look at the item that has the most reviews, the most stars, and I'm going to read some reviews before I get something. Before, you used to go into a store and you maybe pick the cheapest one, or you like, Mm -hmm. oh, I've heard of that brand before. But now it could be like an off-brand that has the higher reviews. And people are like, this is cheaper than the other one. It actually works better. I've used both. And it has changed the way now Amazon, I would say, has literally forced companies to create better products.
1: Well, at that end I won't buy anything if it's not prime. I want my stuff right away. It's kind of annoying. The other day I I bought a shirt on Amazon and I asked for Prime and it still took six days.
0: Yeah, Amazon has been bad about that. But if they build this shipping
1: empire, I think that's gonna stop. I think the scary
0: part is, and I saw this. I'm not an Apple person, so I'm sorry for offending all of you that
1: um, he's missing our
0: part of the Apple uh, cult. Just kidding, the map uh, cult. But Apple experienced the same thing, and for a short term, when they got rid of Google Maps, like Google as a software program did a lot of things way better than Apple did. And Apple wanted to do it their own way. And during the initial phase jump between they got rid of Google Maps, they got rid of Google this, they got rid of, and they did their own, like now you've got to play inside of their their world only. Um, at first, man, people were furious it because bad. it didn't work well, right? Like Agreed. it took a long time. And so I think we're seeing that to small extents with Amazon. And I think they're taking a slower approach, but things like getting rid of FedEx and hiring their own trucks. and they're slowly getting to a place and i think there's going to be some some growing pains but yeah it is going to be amazon through and through they're not going to need third parties for anything right like i can even imagine like they're the the people who come to do bug spray for amazon are going to be amazon employees like everything is going to be amazon like they're they're just growing and expanding into so many markets it's it's truly incredible but at the same time you know it's opening up opportunities making everybody's life easier you get better products for cheaper if you're a seller, you get to like, it's pretty amazing. So, and it's pushing other companies as much as I hate the fact that like eBay now is pushing, like you got to have free free shipping. You have to, Amazon is pushing other companies, Walmart, Vons even. I'm thinking like once Amazon started doing free grocery deliveries or like really cheap grocery deliveries, it forced all of the other ones around us to start doing it. And so it it's good for-, it's no, good for innovation
1: definitely makes things better for the consumer and the seller. Yep. So, agreed. Because as
0: people have more money in their pocket because they're not spending as much, they go buying that random trinket
1: on eBay because... Your trinket. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. My duck decoy. All right. So, that's our Amazon discussion. Okay. I wanted to share this. So, I put an article out on Instagram about Depop. You know what Depop is? Uh, No. It's another listing platform. And supposedly, now, this wasn't by a major, you know, newspaper. Not newspaper. Major online news... Do newspapers exist anymore? A new source. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. They're, like they're, they're print despite newspapers.
1: being an emoji on, on the phone. Yep. Yep. Okay. There are print newspapers. All right. Anyways. I still like them. Uh, I'm done. Anyways, that's a whole other discussion. I do like books though. I still like picking up books and reading. So Depop, there was this article about how it's a, it's a new platform. Like it's a popular platform for Generation Z. Right. So I threw it out there on Instagram and I remember one of the hustles of the week was thrift bro a couple weeks ago. sold the Wu Tang shirt for $250. Okay. Wu Tang. And <laughs> I just needed to say that. And so it led to this huge discussion. Cause I had asked, okay, are we late to the party? Right. It, it, do I need to list all my nineties, vintage stuff onto depop? So huge. I was surprised at how many people commented mm. and, People were saying, you know, yeah, I think so great. I just, somebody actually said, Hey, right after you posted that, I posted something on Depop and it sold I'm like, wow. And then other people are like, it takes months. Like things don't sell. Then somebody else said, this was crazy to me. This is what leads to our reseller topic here. Somebody said, I haven't tried B- Depop, but I cross posted Poshmark, Mercari, Curtsy, Relove and TradeZ. And then that sounds intense. And then there's another platform I think it's Trade Posts. Shout out to you guys. I know you're trying to start something new that's out there too. And there's there's also the real real. Right. There's also, I don't know, there's bonanza that I use, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's so many. And so I've really been trying to use list perfectly and Vendu and trying to do Poshmark. And I've been using Chrome extensions to share my Poshmark closets. But I'm going like, is there too much? What do you think? Is there too much? I mean, are, I don't know. you got a ten
0: exit. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's possible, right? No, but I do think. How about
1: I just three exit three
0: Um I don't know. i think I think it depends on your model. I think there's a way where you can go all in on one or two or you can be partially in on multiple and get similar results, right? like if if you're all in on just one platform, your total income might be the same as if you're just partially in on several. So I don't know. It depends on what what you want to do. I mean, it might be better to be all in on one, but at the same time, the nice thing about having your, you know, I guess your eggs in different baskets is if something happened with one of them, if things fell through, you're still moving, right? Can you imagine if if eBay's website went down for a couple of days and there was issues with something? That'd be rough. It'd be rough. But if you were if you're still moving on Amazon you're still moving on Poshmark or you shifted all your focus now there, you'd be in a better place than if you're like, I've got to start from scratch on another platform.
1: No, I agree. I mean, I've shared that August was a rough month, but on eBay for me, but Amazon helped compensate a lot of that. Right. So I get it. I'm just, and and I just bring this up to our listeners just to, to think about, because Craigslist Center had shared that it's just, it's, it was too much in the sense that, eBay works really well. They do some Amazon. And so, you know, they're going to keep doing that because it gets a little out of hand once you add a third and a fourth platform. And I know some of you out there are really good at selling. I saw somebody on TikTok, they're nine, nine platform seller, nine platforms. I wouldn't even know what to do. I can't even handle three, let alone nine. Right. But some of you out there are able to do that. So, it's just something to think about because I think there's always going to be other platforms coming out that are going to try to be unique and different because this is kind of the age win, right? Like the reason our podcast is listened to because we have the opportunity. There are certain, you know, there's people like you that are awesome that want to listen to the podcast, but then there's a whole bunch of other people that don't care for our podcast. Right. And it's same thing with platforms. There's some people that care about selling certain items, certain platforms, and there's other people that are like, no, I don't care. I will never sell on eBay. I'm just going to do Poshmark and Mercari or whatever. So just bring that up just to think about, because I'm getting to a place where I'm going, maybe there's too much because here's what you got to think about too. The more you list, the more you got to find things that are efficient to be able to cross post, right? So for instance, list perfectly is about 50 bucks a month. Vendu, I'm not sure I'm still in that beta period. So I'm not paying, but there's a cost to that, right? Sell Hound, there's a cost to that. If you can use certain program Chrome extensions to share closets, there's a the cost to that. How's that going, by the way? It it's a
0: beast. It's great. Like it, so, it's it's sharing closets, but are you getting
1: sales? I've no. Well then, but but again, I can't. The reason I haven't brought that up yet because I only have about fifty items listed right now. If I have five hundred items listed and I'm sharing like crazy, I'm not getting sales then I'm going to have to reevaluate. So I can't, that's why I didn't make that judgment call yet. So I need to get there first. But again, anytime I do list perfectly or I list to whatever, Depop or Mercari I'm taking away from eBay or I'm taking away from Amazon, which is in the end, supporting my family and a little bit more. Good. Good points. Things to think about. All right. So that is our reseller topics. Are you ready for our bolo? Let's let's hear our new intro.
0: Are you ready are you bolo, for our intro?
1: Our bolo transition. All right, let me play this. Got to get to the play screen, and obviously, Mike will do his magic, so it plays out. He-
0: yo, yo, yo. It's not the first time and not the last time you'll be hearing from me. This is at Supreme Vintage, California. Um, just finished your newest episode. I'm stoked on all the bolo's hustle y'all are sharing. Just wanted to give you guys a little free soundboard of my own creation. If uh maybe you'll get a kick out of it, maybe you can use it, who knows? Here goes. Ba 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 bolo Howlo Bolo. Bolo, (laughs) found Chickabolo. (laughs) That's all I got for now. Keep it, keep it up, guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) Nice. That was a lot of them. So I think what we'll do is uh. I could divide those up into like the four of them that there are, and uh, we can alternate uh, a little Bolo soundboard to inter- introduce. I like that. Bolo. It's good stuff, man. Thank but, uh, you for that. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> no, I, I will say, I really,
1: really appreciate that. I mean, the, I, that takes some courage.
0: Yeah. No, hey, I tell you what, it's it's making it in into the transitions. So we're going to be using those from now on. And
1: uh, are, are it we there. really? Are you officially calling that right now? I'm going to try to. Okay, but what's gonna happen is we're gonna get anyways. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And you also had shared some other items, which we'll share at another time. So thank you for your voicemails. Really, really I gotta I listen to that. And I'm like, that takes some guts because once you leave that voicemail, that's it. You can't take it back. Right? Yeah. And so now it's gonna be in the PHP archives. That's right. So thank you so much. Really appreciate that. And again, if you want to leave us a voicemail, 738, actually, actually 619-738-1170. We're here for you. Yeah. All right. Bolo. Here was, we go. What the, do you got? I didn't want to interrupt this Bolo. Okay. <laughs> so mine's an interesting Bolo. And I bring this up because I've had awesome sales as a result of this. And if I've already shared this, please let me know. But I don't think I have. Is whenever you pick up like stereo systems, don't sell them all together. Separate them out. Hmm. Right. Or I mean, I'm not saying do it right, but do the research. So I've had two instances where I've made a killing doing this. And the not two instances, my whole reselling time, two instances in the last month or so. So first was a set of Ankyo speakers. Ankyo Stereo Amp and Ankyo, I think it was like a receiver. I don't know what it was. I paid 12 dollars for all of it. at the store that shall not be named. Wow. Sold the speakers for $80. Nice. Sold the Stereo Amp for $180. Nice. And the other thing I have listed for $180. Now, I saw other listings on eBay where all these were together for $200. And I go... I wonder if I sold these separately, if I can make more. Sure enough, I can make more.
0: Which might even be uh, just a strategy to use. And we've heard a few people have done the same thing when it comes to like eBay arbitrage. You know, find people, because I just sold, and this is probably a mistake, but I sold a bunch of NES games. I saw that. Old Nintendo games. And I bundled them together, and I, I looked up a few of them, and they were, you know, some of them sold for 5 some for 10 and I didn't want to spend the time listing all of these games together. I didn't find any that were worth a ton. I listed them, I bundled them together. They sold, but I know that if I'd have broken them up individually, and there was one in there that I ended up looking up later because somebody bought it right away, um, that that one game sold for like fifteen <laughs> or twenty five, and it was like, oh, you know, I, I probably lost. I probably could have made an extra twenty or thirty dollars had I broken these up. But if you're willing to do that time. There's tons and tons of things that are put together already in sets that you can buy and break up. Um, you just got to be, you got to know what you're doing and you got to be willing to put in that effort.
1: Yeah. And you got to figure out if it's worth it. So you're talking about the reverse and I'll give you an example of the reverse where it worked to my benefit not to do that. So remember that crazy Disney estate sale. All oh, right. So I sold a set of, this wasn't a hustle of the week, was it? No, I don't think it was. I think I posted it on Instagram. I had nine, Disney, like John Deere, Mickey Mouse farmer, like figurines. And the person, so I I lotted them all together for 300 something. The person offered me 235 for just six of them. And I took it. I usually don't part this out, but I'm like six for 235. And I only paid $5 for each of them. It's a major score right there. Kind of hustle the week material. So it worked to my benefit because if I sold them individually, it would have taken a lot longer to get, you know, that money back. And I have the other three pieces, which I'm going to bundle together and I'm going to see if I can get ninety nine ninety nine for them. Right. And in the end, that whole time at the states, I paid 300 for everything. The monorail I picked up, these pieces, a bunch of other Disney stuff. So in reverse, it works. Now, <clears throat> the other thing I sold, this is the other reason it's a bolo is, and do you remember those huge tulip stand bow speakers? Yeah. And so... I picked those up for 450 dollars in a state sale. Now, they all come together. So you have the tulip speakers, you have, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, equalizer, and then you have the center channel speaker. So I had seen people on eBay had sold all of them together for like $400, $500. I decided to part it out. I sold the tulip Sand speakers for $450 plus shipping. I sold the center channel speaker for about $100 plus shipping. Then I sold the equalizer for $212 plus shipping. Nice. So again, separated it out. Yeah. And I can give you story upon story, you know, with remote controls, I've done that and other items. So Bolo is not only look out for that equipment, but look after you buy it to see, Hey, is it better for me to just sell these all separately? Now, if you're trying to make the quick buck, it may be worth it to put it together and sell it all together. But if you're trying to make more money in the long term, it may be worth it to you because sometimes, you know, somebody's equalizer might have broken and they don't need the speakers or somebody has the equalizer and they need the speakers and vice versa. So Yeah, because when you need
0: just an individual piece, you're not thinking of like well, buy the whole set. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, yeah, you just need that piece. So,
1: so that's my bolo.
0: That's good stuff. Good. So mine, um, believe it or not, is a synthesizer. <laughs>
1: I remember you yeah, s- mentioned it earlier in the, in the podcast right about an hour or so ago. Yeah. Uh,
0: but anyways, the reason I bring this up is because I, I find at thrift stores all the time, there's almost always a keyboard at almost every thrift store you go into, right? Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, it's like Casio,
1: right? Which there's some good Casios, but you got to be careful.
0: Yeah, very few. Like Casio for the most part, unless I'm totally wrong, they they
1: tend to be cheaper. You just think of the smaller, actually the smaller ones are better ROI. Not you. Not that they sell for more, but the ROI is better. Really?
0: Interesting. Uh, but yeah, so Yamaha, if you can find some Yamaha keyboards, usually there's some money there. Typically, those tend to be more like piano style. Uh, but if you don't know the difference between a keyboard and a synthesizer, the way they look, do a little bit of research because almost every synthesizer that you find is going to be money, right? Mm-hmm. And they look very especially much... Especially now. Yeah, they look very similar to to keyboard, and especially because keyboards... Have a lot of the dials and knobs and stuff on top now. It can be difficult to tell the difference. But once you can spot the difference between a synthesizer and a keyboard, most synthesizers are worth money. And so there's a brand of synthesizer, one of the most popular ones, it's Korg, K O R G. I've seen those. And Korg is one of the top, like if you go to concerts and you're seeing like bands performing, like they almost always, if they've got a synthesizer up on stage, 99% of the time, it's, it's Korg. If it's not Korg, it might be Roland. There might be a couple of other brands, but I was so shocked to find today in a thrift store, a Korg keyboard, right? Like a Korg Synthesizer. Nice. It's something I never thought I'd see, but it's one of those things where I wonder how many times people pass them up. I mean, cause this was an item that it was 50% off because the tag had moved down, mm-hmm. which tells me even at the full price they were asking, it was a steal which well, yeah. tells me that it has been in this thrift store for probably a week or two and nobody picked it up probably because majority of people see it. And it's like it's just another keyboard. And that'll
1: never happen again. Cause you just shared it. I just shared the Korg. Um, just messing.
0: No, nah, you know, I mean, I've been, I've, I've at this point I've been spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in thrift stores. I've only seen one. Korg yeah. Keyboard, that's what I mean. You know? um, but just in case you ever see one, uh, check it out might be worth picking it up this one's cool it's actually a vocoder too so um i don't know if you know what that is but it's it's so it's got a microphone that you can attach to it and you can like talk or sing into it and then actually play the keys and it changes your voice and you can like make your voice all robotic and do weird taking it
1: old school it's
0: it's a trip man so anyways um check it out k-o-r-g korg if you can find one of those. I don't know if I could money. sell that.
1: If I had that, I would keep it.
0: I know my wife, when she saw it, she's like, you are way too excited about this. You can't keep it.
1: It's so like, cool. Maybe we should like in, do, do a our, whole intro, episode. our intro music with Welcome
0: that. Welcome to <laughs> Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. It is getting late. It is actually, if you guys want to know, it's almost midnight right now. Yep. So, but we want to, you know, keep providing that value. So we're That's willing right. to do it. So what are you looking forward to?
0: Um... Obviously garage sales, but if I were to say not something I'm actually excited about, but I'm excited about the outcome afterwards, I'm going to begin the process of listing all of my department 56 stuff. So starting tomorrow, it's been a while, down. Mike. Yeah, it, it's a big, it's been a big undertaking because it's one of those things where it's like, I'd rather just do it all at once, like in one go, or maybe a couple instead of just like one item here. Yeah, and there. I, get, I get what you're saying. Cause you're in the, you're already in the zone of a yeah. certain type of pictures and listing. Um, so finally I'm at a place where I think I can carve out the day or two that it's going to take to do it. And, uh, I'm not looking forward to that, but I'm looking forward to the huge boost of items. that's going to be in my store oh, and the profits, and the are profits gonna make? that I'm going to make. So how much did you pay for the whole thing? Uh, I don't remember the number now. I want to say it was like right around a couple,
1: it's like 200, 250, maybe Two You're only gonna have to sell like four of those items and you're going to be in, in the black, yeah. like right away. I'm excited. I'm excited for you.
0: And, I'm also excited to to get that whole shelving in back.
1: That is true. That no, no, I get that, but I, you know, I get it. I, I'm, I'm in the same scenario where I have certain, and actually, I've, I'm probably eighty five percent caught up on all my items that need to be listed. Got another fifteen percent, so got to work with my helper. It's, right now, my helper has been super busy, so listing. You know, I may be looking to hire another one too to kind of offload want, one. To you want one to hire please. another assistant. Another, whatever you call it. Yes. A helper, a helper. Okay. The ongoing joke. Your employee? No helper. All right. So that's what you're looking forward to. Okay. So what am I looking forward to? Thanks for asking Mike.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can ask your helper to ask
1: you that. Oh, thanks. All right. So it's time for me to start sending FBA shipments twice a week. I, I know it sounds weird, but remember my model shifted from being 70, 70, Amazon, 30, eBay, to being 70, eBay, 30, Amazon. But now it's shifting back. It's gonna, maybe I want to keep it 50, 50. That would be ideal. Uh, but you know, right now I'm getting the sense, I do have a huge inventory kind of backlog that I've sent a lot of it already out and I'm going to start making money automatically next week because they're low ranked items. But at the same time, it's kind of weird. You know, I have not really gone to Target or Walmart. More Walmart, but I really haven't gone to Target at all since Q four. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the first month after Q four. It's kind of feels weird walking in and scanning things again. But I need to get into habit because those end up being my second home starting in October. Like every IG story ends up being, here's a lot of the blurring stuff at Target and Walmart again, you know, or whatever other store I'm at. So but I need to get into the habit of that. And I need to get the rhythm because I'm finding this is one thing I've shared and people disagree with me. Doing an FBA shipment can be just as much work as listing multiple items on eBay and taking pictures. I a hundred percent. It's Some people say it's streamlined. I think it can be streamlined, but it depends what you source. All right? So if it's apparel, it's a beast. I'm talking about hours. You know, if yeah, I, I find that if I have a hundred pieces of apparel, and some of you are going to be like Rolando, you're just slow. Okay, that's good. I am I am watching Netflix, but it takes me about 4 hours to process all that. It's a lot of time. So now, it's worth my time because it's several hundred dollars an hour I'm making, so it's worth my time. So that I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to be merchant fulfilled ready. So I need to take care of that. So hopefully all this will come to fruition by the next update episode. So with, I like it. with that being said, I think we're ready to close yeah. before we turn into pumpkins something like that so with that being said make sure to be real be relevant and be reselling Please. Please.